All right, so what you are about to hear is an off-the-cusp, um, just sort of random idea of a podcast we had um, while me and my buddies were just hanging out, uh, grabbing a drink or two, eating some pizza and wings. Um, we always talk about literature. We all went to school for literature. Two of them are teachers for literature, and they do most of the talking for this episode. I, um, They know more about Poe from teaching than, than I do, so I, I mainly let them go. Um, but it was, it was a good time for us, and hopefully you can glean something and uh, enjoy it um, yourself. So there, uh, that being said, there is a lot of background noise and um, stuff like that. Um, so just keep that in mind. It's, it's not going to be as clear as, uh, as it usually is. It's going to be a little more, little more chaotic in, in different ways than it usually is. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, I think that's about it. Um, enjoy. With a lot of pose. All right. Hello and welcome to Cafe All In. Are we starting it over? <laughs> um, yeah, we've just been reading The Raven, you know, we're, we're, we're buzzing. We're... We're chilling. We we're at a restaurant. Uh, so th- this is going to be a very informal episode, but I mean, we're going to see how it goes. If you're hearing this, it went well enough, you know. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, Cody, Cody, and I've got my uh, my other my other friend, Nate Millie here. Nice and, to meet y'all. And uh, so yeah, we're gonna. I'm about to go order some more food and some more wine, uh, but you guys can go ahead and start. All right, so so this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna just read the Raven, and and me, Nathaniel, and Caleb are just gonna chime in with commentary as as we want to or feel like it, and and we're pretty much just gonna hit it line by line. Um, so I'm just gonna. What do you think I should just start? Yeah, I'd say just go ahead and start. Uh, any background on Poe, or just dive right in? Nah, I mean if 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 there are read listeners and they don't know any background on Poe, they. I mean, they shouldn't be listening anyway. Oh, Ooh, that's a little deep, him. dude. No, nah, we're we're always we're always happy for the the newcomers to come in. Always want to learn something new here on the. If, on if the this pod. is your introduction to Poe, you're welcome. You right. are welcome. All right, so we're gonna hit the Raven. The Raven. It probably is most famous poem, I would say. Maybe uh, maybe Annabelle Lee might be might be up there, but I would say the Ravens probably is most famous, seeing as the Baltimore Ravens are named they after are. this one poem. Kids would kids would actually walk behind him after after he published his poem and say, you know, they, they would say the rape they would they would flock behind him as if they were ravens and he would turn and, and scare them away saying never more never more yeah. never more yeah 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 all right all go right. ahead i would say go ahead and just start it man okay all right the raven by edgar Allan poe once upon a midnight dreary while i pondered weak and weary over many a quaint curious volume of forgotten lore while i nodded nearly napping suddenly there came a tapping as of someone gently rapping rapping at my chamber door mm. Tis some visitor, I mutter, tapping at my chamber door. Only this and nothing more. Anything you want to say on that? Just the first stanza. I mean, he's just sitting at home. He's sitting at home. It's late at night. He's dreary. It's He's reading. And then randomly somebody comes knocking at his door. Well, I feel like we have to talk about what he is reading. What is he reading from the poems? Like, what does it say? 
many a quaint and curious volume of forgotten lore. So forgotten lore, what does that indicate? You know what I mean? Uh, for me, I get, even though it is going to be years later, I get, uh, decades later even, I get Lovecraftian vibes here. Um, lore that is forgotten, maybe it is forgotten for a reason, or it's just so happens to be forgotten. Um... It's, it's old for sure. It's old for sure, but why is he reading this? For me, a sense of necromancy comes about, and we can get He's, to it later. Think, well, I mean, his Poe's wife is dying at the time of tuberculosis, in which his mother, his first love, one of his best friend's mothers, and then his uh, foster mother all died of tuberculosis. Yeah. And then his wife now is also dying of tuberculosis. And so you have... Actually in another room while he's writing this poem, yeah. And then you have this man looking over this tome of forgotten lore, quaint and curious. Um, so for he's me... Just, he's, seeking for, he's seeking answers. Yeah. He's seeking answers to something he just doesn't know. You know what I mean? It's a... And the rhyme scheme is, is, is killer. Oh, it's, yeah, I mean... They, <laughs> Only this and nothing more. Second stanza. I distinctly, I remember it was in the bleak December and each separate dying ember wrought its ghost upon the floor. He's in his feelings, bro. He's in his feelings. This is the original Drake song. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Drake actually... Um, <laughs> Drake actually is, is widely read in, in Poe. If, if you were curious oh, right. um. I distinctly I remember it was in the bleak December any separate dying ember wrought its ghost upon the floor you got something? yeah one thing I will say we have our narrator or our narrator speaking at midnight but also in December midnight being the dead of night night being a symbol of death but also December being in the dead of winter <laughs> pun intended Winter being also a symbol of death. So death is already emanating all throughout this poem itself. Through both the time of the day it is, but also the time of the season it is, the time of the year. Uh, yeah. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't catch that. I distinctly, I remember it was in the bleak December. And each separate dying ember wrought its ghost upon the floor. Eagerly, I wished the morrow. He wished it was daytime because he's scared. Somebody's knocking on his door at night. It's midnight. What the? What are they doing? Eagerly, I wished the morrow. I wish it was tomorrow. Vainly, I had sought to borrow from my books a crease of sorrow. Sorrow for the lost Lenore. First time we hear Lenore's name. For the rare and radiant, radiant maiden whom the angels name Lenore. Nameless here forevermore. She dead. And he's sad. That's 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 where the the grief comes in, right? That's where it hits hard. That's, yeah, we, we it's a female's name, nameless here forevermore. Meaning she's dead, right? I mean, can we can we can we move forward with that? Either dead or dying. Uh, and he sees her as some angelic being. Um, again, most of the female figures in Poe's life are dying at an early age. His mother dies when he is three years old. His best friend's mother, whom he, it's theorized, was his first crush, died at an early age of tuberculosis. Poe has some um, issues. Poe has some issues with <laughs> women, but it's because they die too early in his life. I mean, that, I mean that, that would fuck you up, I think it's fair to say. Well, Poe said, 
Well, he's trying to reach... He's trying to capture, like, the worst thing that could happen. And to him, he, to, to Poe, the most desirable thing in the world would be a beautiful woman. Therefore, the worst thing to lose would be a beautiful woman, right? And he's living and, through and that And he's loss. living through that as, he, yeah. as his wife is dying. He's lived through it multiple times. And this is going to be yeah. one of the last times he sees it before he goes on his drug and alcohol rattled uh, kind of binge. Yeah, and then that will lead to his death later. Also, but, also let me say that anything anything we say is not is not fact. Because I'm buzzing, we're all kind of buzzing, and um, I think I don't think you can approach uh, literature with just absolute facts. I think you've got to postulate. You've got to come up with. Sorry about the late on that. No Thank worry. You. Thank you. You've Please got to do this sort of like dance with like what you think and like also like what is reasonable. Like what in their life would make you think that this is plausibly true like there's there's so much you put into literary analysis beyond just like it's not just i know exactly what i'm talking yeah. no one if anyone ever says they know exactly what a text is saying they're probably not to be trusted yeah I probably trust <laughs> the subjectivity you can be pretty sure you can never be like a hundred percent sure i was really just saying that as a disclaimer <laughs> because you're well, probably gonna have to mark this episode explicit <laughs> Well, I said fuck earlier, and I just said fuck again. So fuck it, you know. <laughs> third, third stanza. Let's move into it. Oh, this is the, the first. The first two lines are is a banger. Are bangers. And the silken satin certain rustling of each purple curtain thrilled me, filled me with fantastic terrors never felt before. He's he's scared, man. Um, somebody's knocking late at night, and it's dark. Silk inside uncertain rustling of each purple curtain thrilled me, filled me with fantastic terrors never felt before. So that now, to still the beating of my heart, I stood repeating, "'Tis some visitor entreating entrance at my chamber door, some late visitor entreating entrance at my chamber door. This it is and nothing more." He's he's doing that thing that we all do when we're home alone. We hear something outside. What do we do? We convince ourselves that there's nothing wrong. It's a, it's I was a rat. To say in we the channel woods. our inner Macaulay Culkin, but yeah, yours works too. <laughs> what? Build booby traps all over the house? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, let's see here. We were in stanza what? That was stanza three, I believe. This is and nothing more. He's convincing himself. Presently, my soul grew stronger, hesitating, then no longer. Sir, said I, or madam, truly your forgiveness, I implore. But the fact is, I was napping, and so gently you came rapping, and so faintly you came tapping, tapping at my chamber door. That I scarce was sure I heard you here. I opened wide the door, darkness there, and nothing more. Poet bars, man. I, I mean, what you, else can you say? You guys dude? said it earlier before we started this. Yeah. I'm not going to take credit for that, but poet bars. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> what? He... he, he what is he hesitating then no longer? He's he's working up the courage to acknowledge that somebody's at his door and he's he, he, he goes up to open the door. Darkness there, nothing more. He opens the door, there's nothing there. Deep into the darkness peering, he's looking out, looking out into the darkness. Deep into the darkness peering, long I stood there wondering, fearing, doubting, dreaming dreams no mortal ever dared to dream before. But the silence was unbroken. It stayed silent. And the stillness gave no token. And the only word there spoken was the whispered word, Lenore? This I whispered, and an echo murmured back the word, Lenore. Merely this, and nothing more. 
So this is a this is a this is what I always ask my students. Lenore's in quotes. Who who says the word Lenore there? Do you know? Oh, whispered the word Lenore. Uh, for this, me, this I whispered. He opens the door. He sees darkness out. Nobody's there. He says Lenore? Question mark. Is that you? Is that you, Lenore? Have you come back to me? And then somebody Lenore? else responds, Lenore. Is this I whispered and an echo murmured back the word Lenore. He whispered, he says it out, but it comes back to him. Is it, it's an, it says echo. Yes, it does say echo, but Poe, if you look at Asana to Science, Poe uses a lot of Greek mythology within Asana to Science. So, in uh, Echo herself being a figure in Greek mythology. Not, ca- not capitalized, though. It is not, but part of me thinks there is another being out there echoing back Lenore, whether it be Lenore's spirit or something else that has come up from maybe the underworld to echo back Lenore. It could very well be his own voice echoing through the dark chamber uh, outside of the door that is being rapped upon. But what is rapping upon the door? Is it all in his mind or is something actually there? And I feel like there is the deciding factor. So, well, let's keep in mind, Poe was a known opium user. <laughs> that is true, and uh, he 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 partaked in the uh, the liquor and the drink. Amen. So, um, Amen. As, <laughs> as, as we all might um, stay drunk. Stay drunken. Uh, <laughs> Coming soon. <laughs> <laughs> but continue. Um, I'm sorry, Cody. Go ahead. Actually, uh, is it Baudelaire? Is that how you say his name? Charles Baudelaire. Baudelaire. Charles Baudelaire. Yeah. He actually had somebody translate all of Poe's work for him. He did. Yeah. I read about that that's earlier. Pretty in, symbolist, uh, like... Anyways. Go ahead. Um, merely this and nothing more. I, I actually think he, he, he just heard his own echo. You think it's and, his and own he's echo? Being, I think it's his own echo and he's being hopeful. He's being hopeful. Okay. I can see that. <clears throat> that's fair. I mean, you project. Like, if you want to see something, you're way more likely yeah. to see it, I think. And I think he, he does get what... What is the uh, what is the one he wrote about? How he constructed the Raven? What? Oh, what's um, it called? Do you know what I'm talking about? I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, it's on composition. Composition, I think. yeah. A philosophy of composition. A philosophy. He of talks about he talks about how he constructed it, and he, I think he, I think he answers this question that we have. But anyways, um, moving on to the. Uh, yeah, the philosophy of composition by a fifth. Yeah, fifth, fifth stanza, I think. Back into the chamber, turning, he, all my soul within me burning. He he shuts the door, but he's, his soul is kindled by the thought of Lenore, even though he says it, and you know that's debatable whether whether he only hears the echo or whether it actually is, you know, sent to him. Uh, back into the chamber turning, all my soul within me burning. Soon again I heard a tapping somewhat louder than before. Surely, said I, surely that is something at my window lattice. Let me see then what they're at is and this mystery explore. Um, let my heart be still a moment and this mystery explore. Tis the wind and nothing more. Again, tis the wind and nothing more. He hears something at his window now. Tis the wind and nothing more. He's convincing himself that there's nothing to be worried about. It's late at night. 
and he's he's trying to convince himself that there's nothing yeah, to be worried about. Yeah, if it's about. midnight yeah. and you're laying in the dark and you're scared, like you're like, oh, it's just the wind. Yeah. And just the crickets outside. <laughs> it's just a frog. Like there's nothing to be worried about. Like that camping trip went on. We're, to, like, we're like, nah, it's coyotes, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to piggyback kind of off of this, um, with my students, I like to tell them, much as your own, Cody. Uh, Poe is writing, and even before he died, he died at least around two decades before the art of modern psychology was even brought about or even kind of theorized. He is tapping into something just in base human nature, the psychological aspects of human yeah. nature. He's 100 that, years before his time with psychology. Oh, very much so. Like, and he's 100 years before, what's his, what's his day? Uh, Freud, Freud um, yeah. Jung. I, went, I don't think it's 100 years, but it is, uh, it's close to it. Yeah. Very much him, so. Him and uh, your boy. Oh, Nathaniel Hawthorne. Nathaniel Hawthorne, yeah. Hawthorne's also a banger. Young Goodman Brown coming soon. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, Poe is tapping into something that is just innately human, not only within the soul, but also within the mind. Uh, but all of that to say, please continue with this wonderful reading. He says, "'Tis the wind and nothing more. He hears, he hears something at his window. He's convincing himself it's nothing, but he's about to open it up just to see, just to make sure." He says, uh, the next stanza, open here I flung the shutter when with many flirt and flutter in there stepped a stately raven of the saintly days of yore. Not the least obeisance made he, not a minute stopped or stayed he, but with mind of lord or lady, perched above my chamber door, perched upon a bust of palace just above my chamber door, perched and sat in nothing more. He opens it up. He a raven flies in. He opens it, but what's interesting, and I just caught it now, I've read it this several times, um, not enough. Uh, but uh, first off, he opens the door, and now he's opening a window. The door indicates opening into a hallway still confined within the building. But yet, the window, upon opening it, he's not opening it within the building, but he's opening it into the outside world. And something from the outside world is able to come in to the presence of the building. If that makes any sense. I kind of blinked. You're going to have to say it one more time. So... <laughs> Whenever he opens the door at the beginning, it's yeah, within, it's, it's within okay. already the confined space of yeah. the building itself. But however, he then he opens up the window. The window is a portal to the outside world. The nightly shore that we'll get to in a second. The Plutonian nightly shore. Uh, Pluto are uh, also being almost a reference to his story, The Black Cat, in which... The uh, black cat is named Pluto that he mutilates and then hangs and then you know the story. Hopefully you do. If you don't, the black cat read it by a ground. This is this is everybody's introduction to Poe. Okay, yeah, Yeah. technically, Um, no one's ever read Poe. Nobody, nobody's ever read Poe. We're the only ones. (laughs) It's Uh, just us three, yeah. But uh, (laughs) but he's opening it into the outside world, and this outside figure is able to come in into the domain of the narrator or of the Poe, as we want to call him. This young poet who is sitting there dreading the death of Lenore. Poe dreading the death of his life, Elizabeth. I think King plays. I don't think he's gotten to Lenore. Stephen yet. King plays a lot without like opening the door to like an outside entity coming in in, se- in like several of his books. And he also makes a direct reference to the Raven in Carrie, his yeah. first book. Whenever uh, they were about to place the peg's blood above 
the throne of the king and the queen of prom. He says he sees a, a bust of palace for a dramatic uh, interpretation of the raven. He says it specifically, which is very interesting. I, I just, just a little he, Easter egg he, there. He, he was an English teacher while he was writing it. That is true. So that's okay, yeah, um, yeah. Continue. <laughs> Continue, sorry. Go we're, ahead. We're, we're, uh, okay, so the last thing that happened. <laughs> the thin ebony bird. Perched and sat and nothing more. So the bird, he opens the, he opens the shutter. He opens the window. The bird flies in. Perched and sat and nothing more uh, above his uh, chamber door. <laughs> uh, then this... Ebony Get bird beguiling my set fancy into smiling. He's curious. He's he curious. looks at he looks up at the bird and he smiles. By by the grave and stern decorum of the countenance at war, though thy crest be shorn and shaven, thou I said I art sure no craven, ghastly grim and ancient raven, wandering from the nightly shore. Tell me what thy lordly name is on the night's plutonian shore, quoth the raven. Nevermore. Nevermore is in quotes. He, he asked the bird a question. Well, he, he says, tell he me your name. He the raven. I mean, that's what I... Yeah. Quoth is. Quoth? 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 No, so no, no, we're, we're not, not getting that. We're going to get it. We're going to get it. Killer Chronicles. It's, it's, a, it's a very short book. You can read it in uh, probably a couple weeks. Um, <laughs> quoth the... Anyways. Quoth the raven. Never, nevermore. All right. <laughs> He he says, "What's your name?" He's 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 looking up Tell at this me. bird. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, listeners. I'm sorry. No, no, that's perfect. <laughs> they know anytime. Like if I if I do like a podcast alone, I'm like really fucking serious. But anytime I do something with like Cody or like even like Candid, they're like. <laughs> Um, they realize I am the least serious person of all my friends. <laughs> <laughs> so I think the, the main thing to get out of that stanza, if we're just going by comprehension importance, is he asks the bird its name when it flies in, and the bird says nevermore, right? That's where we're picking up. Much I marveled this ungainly foul to hear discourse so plainly. It's like that bird just fucking talked. <laughs> and not a, right? Much I look. Much I marveled this ungainly foul to hear discourse so plainly. Though its answer little meaning, little relevancy bore. He doesn't put importance on the bird's name right now. For we cannot help agreeing that no living human being ever yet was blessed with seeing bird above his chamber door, bird or beast upon the sculpture bust above his chamber door with such a name as Nevermore. I would, I would like to take this opportunity to uh, get some search engine optimization going on. And... Um, that new Wednesday show that was very popular on Netflix, they go to a school that's named Nevermore. What about it? Nevermore Academy? Yeah. It's just, I mean, it's just, it's clearly a Poe reference. There's some Poe references throughout the show. I just want to be able to put that in the notes so people, when they search for, like, Wednesday on Netflix, mm, okay. they can... That's smart. <laughs> yeah. That's smart, yeah. I have no like legitimate literary, literary reasons for that. I, <laughs> I, I really, I really do not think there is any escaping Poe when you go to American Gothic. No, um, I mean he was the not maybe not the first American Gothic writer, but he was he was pro he's definitely the most prevalent um, because I think uh, Stephen King. You could argue he has some works that like use the Gothic genre, but without. Without Poe, without um, Lovecraft, you wouldn't have Stephen King. 
And uh, Nathaniel Hawthorne, uh, for Americans at least, Hawthorne, Poe, Lovecraft, King credits these boys with everything that he has. I think um, you can even look to like Faulkner and Rose um, Ramley. Yeah, yeah, Faulkner and uh, Flannery O'Connor both like sort of influenced like the whole American Gothic. Like sort of thing later on, I think they were almost certainly influenced by Poe. Like I'm sure they read Poe. I would I would go as far to say even Southern Gothic Poe, mainly oh. Virginian. Baltimore likes to clean Poe, and let's get this <laughs> let's get this straight. Even though they named a football team after him, Poe was a Southern writer. He was Southern Gothic till the day on, I fucking die. The Baltimore Ravens are named after Poe. The, yeah. the Baltimore Ravens are named after this poem. The Raven. No I shit you not. Shit. Look it up. Look it up, listeners. Look it up. Um, <laughs> that Poe. That's, that's the only fact that you've heard tonight. Flannery O'Connor and uh, Faulkner are the premier Southern Gothic writers. Um, now there have uh, been others that I am unwary of who have come after them. However. Uh, Poe is a Southern Gothic writer to the day I die. Uh, Baltimore, you can claim him all you want, but nah, he ain't yours. Boy, we went to Virginia. Uh, <laughs> hey, hey, you heard it here first. You heard it now. Okay. Hopefully not, but if you did, it's fact. <laughs> Look didn't, it up. Didn't, wasn't his cousin's name that he married Virginia as well? Uh, I believe it was Elizabeth. No, I think it's Virginia. Let me look it up. I'm just thinking about the show Dickinson, where they're like, my cousin and child ride Virginia? <laughs> uh, excuse me, it is Virginia. Uh, Eliza. Eliza. Virginia Eliza Clem Poe. Uh, he was 26, she was 13 when they got married. However, they're, yeah. They're cousins, so it makes they, it okay. They are cousins. Um, if you get two negatives, it makes a positive. Uh, I don't think that works for genetics, for, but... For, for legal reasons, that's a joke. For legal reasons, that is a joke. <laughs> I second that. Um, <laughs> but back to the poem, anyways. Continue. I'm going to get canceled. I don't know. With seven viewers, listeners. <laughs> I don't know what stanza we're at. Uh, we're past stanza five. I think we're at six. So. Nah, dude. One, hold on. One, two, three, four, five, six, <laughs> seven, eight. If, if nothing else, I nine. can get us off track. We're on the tenth, uh, we're on the tenth stanza, listeners. But the ravens, okay, so it, the bird um, said its name. He's like, that bird just fucking said something. Um, and we're going to move on from that. And he says, like, this thing says its name is Nevermore. Uh, stanza 10. But the raven, sitting lonely on the placid bus, spoke only that one word as if it's his soul. And that one word he did outpour. Nothing farther than he uttered, not a feather than he fluttered, till I scarcely more than muttered, other friends have flown before. On the morrow, he will leave me as my hopes have flown before. Uh, this is just a random bird. Tomorrow, he's going to fly away. On the morrow, he will leave me. He's going to leave tomorrow. No worries. Nothing to be worried about here. As my hopes have flown before, then the bird said, never more. He said, I will never fucking leave. The bird said that to him. The yeah. Raven said, I will never leave. You know how many girls never I've more. said that to, dude? <laughs> <laughs> hey. Bastard. All right. Y'all, any commentary? You already move on. Uh, I was just wondering, who exactly this is... This is going to be the longest podcast you've ever had. No. Not even, <laughs> not even close. We're like 24 minutes in. 26. Who, who exactly is Palace? Palace is uh, the bus... Uh, I, 
So we have I started that as if, I, as if I was going somewhere with it, but I really don't. I, I had faith in you, but let me look it up. <laughs> palace, uh, busted palace. I know it's Greek or Roman um, emperor, right? Or... Um, refers to Palace Athena, the Greek goddess of wisdom. Mm. And so we have the raven jumping onto a goddess of wisdom on here and then quoting nevermore nevermore is this its name or is this the only word it knows to speak i think that's what that's what that's what he's getting at okay here. okay yeah 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 he, he said he he's trying to convince himself that that's the only word it knows got you right he's like yeah. I, i'm asking him questions and he's and he's answering as if he's responding to me but he only knows one word but why a bust of athena the goddess of wisdom above the chamber because, door. Because Poe likes to mess with us. Okay. Because he likes to fuck with us. How so? Well, he thinks that the... To quote my professor, he... <laughs> he Poe thinks that we like to be tortured. Yeah. And that... He's more trying to not teach a lesson, but to get an effect. And because he thinks the, the greatest effect is torture, and we crave it. And we crave torture. He's a masochist. What? You say he's a masochist? Uh, I don't know what the word means. Masochist loving torture, sadist sure. loving to give torture. Yeah. Um, but we as readers love to be tortured, and, and Poe gives that to us. Can I piggyback off of that? No. Yes. <laughs> sure. No? Obviously you can, dude. Okay, uh, so... The one form of torture that Poe loves to bring up in every single one of his works is called immurement. Uh, spelled, well, I don't have the spelling up, but immurement is the act, excuse me, listeners, the immurement is the act of sealing somebody away within a confined space. And Poe loves to do this within all of his narratives. Follow the House of Ushers. Follow the House of Ushers. They seal Ushers' uh, wife. Amontillado, right? Cask of Amontillado as well. Premature burial. Um, Which King King likes to play on. King loves to play on. Um, What else? Uh, In the Pit and the Pendulum, the victim of the Inquisition is also somewhat immersed away. Uh, There are... And Telltale Heart... He immerms the corpse and the chopped up corpse of the dead body. Also in Black Cat, he immerms the black cat and the corpse of his wife away into a wall. He loves to play with this act of torture. However, in every single aspect of it, the repressed victim is always burst out somehow. Whether it be through the cat's uh, angry meow whether it be through the wife in the fall of the house of usher bursting out of the sealed vault within the wall, whether it be through um, in Cask of Amontillado, the guilt of the narrator, whether it be through certain things, the repressed guilt or the repressed shame or the repressed emotions of the narrator or the act of immersion itself, the victim being immersed, always burst out violently. I believe he is getting at a psychological perspective of our own repression. Even his if own you repress something, it builds up pressure, and then pressure causes it to just explode. So, like, if you say you're like mad about something, but you just refuse to like confront it, you refuse to talk about it, you just internalize it for as long as you can, and so at, at some point that's gonna come out. And when it comes out, it's gonna, it's just gonna. 
fucking explode because you don't have you don't really have control over like it's it's like a like when a dam is just like pushing against uh i guess the, the when the water's pushing yeah. against the dam yeah and it just like it hits its breaking point it doesn't just trickle out it just like or my it may it may just start it may trickle out but at some point it's gonna explode for you southerners out there the levee's doing katrina yeah like it, it's going to burst and i think that's what poe is doing with just emotion and repression itself here he does it throughout countless narratives uh even uh the mask of the red death they seal themselves away they immerse themselves into a private party and what sneaks in what burst itself in the red death itself tuberculosis if you want to jump on that train um, but yeah, something to think on. Continue. Sorry. No, you can. We are not halfway through this poem yet. God um, damn. <laughs> so he said he's basically the the past thing we've read. The, the, he said uh, tomorrow he's gonna leave me. I don't have anything to worry about this bird. And then the bird said, "Never more to that." Startled at the stillness broken by so by reply so aptly spoken, he. He's curious now because the bird specifically responded to what he said, right? Startled at the stillness broken by reply so aptly spoken, doubtless, said I, what it utters is its only stock and store. It's the only thing that it knows to say. It's, it's doubtless that he would respond to, be, to me specifically. Caught from some unhappy master whom unmerciful disaster followed fast and followed faster till his songs when burden bore. Till the dirges of his hope, the ma- that melancholy burden bore of never, never more. It's the only word the bird knows. It just flew away from its master, and it and it flew here, and it just knows the one word by a melancholy master of never more. But the raven, moving on to the next stanza. But the raven, still beguiling all my fancy into smiling, straight I will the cushion seat in front of bird and busting door. Then upon the velvet sinking, I betook myself to linking, fancying unto fancy, thinking what this ominous bird of yore, what this grim and gainly, ghastly, gaunt, and ominous bird of yore meant in croaking nevermore. So he says, um, straight I will the cushion seat in front of bird and bustin' door. He pulls up a seat and he looks up at this bird. And he says, fancy unto fancy, thinking what this ominous bird of yore meant in croaking nevermore. He's curious now. He pulls up a seat. Right? This I sat, engaged in guessing, but no syllable syllable expressing to the fowl whose fiery eyes now burned into my bosom's core. This and more I sat divining with my head at ease reclining. He sits back in the seat. He sinks into it. His head sinks back into the, the, the headrest. And he's looking up at the bird, right? On the cushion's velvet lining that the lamplight gloated o'er, but whose velvet violet lining with the lamplight gloating o'er, she shall press, ah, nevermore. She here is in italics. Who is she? Gotta be Lenore, huh? I mean, that's the only, like, she that's been mentioned for the entire poem, so, I mean, you would think it's gotta be, right? Otherwise, and, it wouldn't make any sense. And he's reminded in that moment, she is never gonna sit here with him on this chair, right? Yeah. Um... Next stanza. Then methought the air grew denser, perfumed from an unseen censer, swung by seraphim whose footfalls tinkled on the tufted floor. Wretch, I cried, thy God hath lent thee. By these angels he hath sent thee. Respite. Is it respite or respite? 
Respite. Respite. Respite and Nepenthe. From thy memories of Lenore. Quaff, oh quaff, this kind Nepenthe. And forget this lost Lenore. Quote the raven, nevermore. Will I ever forget Lenore? He asked the raven. The raven knows one word. It says nevermore. He says, you will never forget. And I think at this point he probably knows. Like, whether he realizes or not, he knows. A supernatural? That, that's the only word the raven knows. Uh, oh, yeah, he, kn- he does know so he, that. He knows, like, I think he knows on some level that he's not going to forget forget yeah. her. Yeah. And so, like, he's almost, like, playing into his own hands when he asks the raven if he's going to... That's the, self, the self-torture. the self Yeah. He knows that that's the only word that the raven knows. He says, will I forget her? He knows the answer before it comes. Nevermore. Yeah. He he wants to be tortured, yeah. right? Which the I self torture there. I think a lot of people do that. Like when they when they lose somebody, they yeah. kind of feel like they should they should feel bad, and they need to be like sort of tortured to an extent. Okay. No, I not necessarily, not necessarily like violently or like, <laughs> but you know, like they feel like. Maybe they don't feel as bad as they should, or maybe they feel like they should feel worse than they do. So they they come up with their mind sort of puts them in a position where they have an excuse, another excuse, or another reason to feel worse. So they feel because feeling worse makes them feel better. Yeah, or or at least they like to feel bad. Yeah, like feeling bad makes them feel better. <laughs> It makes no or sense. It, when it you does. Talk about it's it. weird that we that we would want self torture. Yeah. I think you see that in, in Poe's life. He he continuously throughout his life he's he self sabotages himself. Like yeah. self sabotage is like a topic that comes up in Poe's life. Like like he gets oh, a, someday when they write my biography, that's just gonna come up yeah. too, bro. Self sabotage. <laughs> <laughs> um, he says. Uh, Will I forget Lenore? Obviously, the rating says what? Nevermore. Alright. Prophet, he calls the bird a prophet now. Prophet, said I. Thing of evil, prophet still, if bird or devil, whether tempter sent, the devil, whether the devil sent, or whether tempest tossed, whether a storm tossed you here, says whether tempest sent, tempter sent, or whether tempest tossed thee here ashore. Desolate yet all undaunted on this desert land enchanted enchanted on this home by horror haunted. Tell me truly. He's begging now. Tell me truly, I implore. Is there is there balm in Galeed? When I die and go to heaven, will I be healed? Will I will I be is there like balm? What is balm? Bomb is like a soothing uh, ointment. But do you think he, you you think he needs an ointment for sin, or for skin, or it's for, for like, his soul? It's for his soul, right? Yeah. Do lead, the, what do you think the opium is? <laughs> is there is there bomb? Whether it be anything for my soul in the afterlife? Tell me, I implore. Quote the Raven, nevermore. There will never be bomb for you. You will never heal from this pain, right? Of of losing your loved one. Prophet said I, thing of evil, prophet still of bird or devil, by that heaven that bends above us, by that God we both adore, tell the soul with sorrow laden, if within a distant Aiden, when I die and go to heaven, right? Yeah. 
It shall clasp the sainted maiden whom the angels name Lenore. When I die and go to heaven, will I finally be reunited with Lenore? Clasp a rare and radiant maiden whom the angels name Lenore. Quote the raven, nevermore. That bitch is in hell, bro. Nope. You, will, you, <laughs> you will never see her again. You will see, never. You will never see her again. I think it's you'll never see her again. No matter what. No matter what. hell or you, heaven. You it's you just... Go ahead, sorry. I was joking. No, I know, I know. But, I mean, like... <laughs> But the constant, the constant, you'll ne- you'll not be healed from her. You will never see her, uh, and that's where we're at. Like you're never gonna, you're never gonna get like that. Closure. He constantly wants relief. Here's the thing, though. He constantly wants relief. He says, "I will weather be bomb," but he knows the answer. Self torture. He he's asking for it to torture him. Right? Will there be bomb? Will I see her again? Never more. Never will you ever see your dead wife again. Never. Never, 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 and I will be here to always remind you. God, that just hurts. That hurts me, bro. Birds coming. That bird's coming. That bird is. All right, moving on. Be that word our sign of parting. It's like it's time for you to leave. All right, bird or fiend, I shrieked up starting. He stands up now. He's he's mad. He's angry. Get thee back into the tempest and the night's plutonian shore. He said, "Leave, right? Leave no black plume as a token of that lie thy soul has spoken. Leave my loneliness unbroken. Quit the bust above my door. Take thy beak from out my heart and take thy form from off my door." He says, "Leave. Get out of here. Like I'm shooing you away." Quote the raven, "Nevermore. I will never leave. I will always be here to remind you that you lost the most important thing to you, and you will never." You will never, ever be healed from it, and you will never, ever get over it, and you will never, ever see her again. Quote the raven nevermore. And the raven, this is the last stanza, and the raven, never flitting, still is sitting, still is sitting to this fucking day. And the raven, never flitting, still is sitting, still is sitting. On the pallid bust of palace, just above my chamber door, and his eyes have all the seeming of a demon's that is dreaming. And the lamplight o'er him streaming throws his shadow on the floor. And from my soul, from out that shadow, that lies floating on the floor, shall be lifted nevermore. I think it's important to note that the last nevermore is not quoted by the raven. It is not in quotes, but it is from the author himself. It is from the poet himself. Is the raven like real? <laughs> Re- real is, is I think is the raven within, within like the, actually sentient? Like, can it actually speak at all, or is it just kind of I, like a figment? Like, maybe the raven's actually there. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's alive. Maybe it's dead. But is it just like an extension of uh, like uh, sort of like uh, what he wants? Like, is he like is he forcing that response? From it, I think he is forcing that response. Even if it is real within the context of the it poem, only says one word. It only says one word, and he knows his answer. Yet he still asks. He knows that he is going to get that response. And that's, even though he hates it, that's what he wants, right? Um, well, is there is there a raven there, or is it symbolic of him trying to repress his fears and anguish? And and and. The, the raven is a constant reminder that he he had something wonderful and he lost it and he'll never get it back and he'll never be healed from it. And you know, is that the human condition? You know? 
I don't. I think it. I think there's it's, no, that's, a, that's a part of it. Yeah. I think it speaks to the human condition to lose something that you love, whether it be a wife or anything else. It is something you have to struggle with. One thing that I've run across, and I've thought of myself, and some of my students have told me, they don't believe the Raven's actually there. It's a curse that has been put upon the narrator, the poet, and also upon Poe himself. It is a curse that you continuously think about this one thing, and all it tells you is the the subconscious of your psyche that sits upon the doorway into consciousness as we get upon the bust of palace upon the bust of wisdom itself sitting upon a doorway from the subconscious into the conscious again way before freud way before jung it sits there and says you will not cross nevermore nevermore will you ever find rest nevermore you will find rest I wonder if is there any sort of connection to like Norse mythology? Isn't there like how some, so? Isn't there some like raven? Ravens. So you have the ravens of Odin. Yeah. Um, you have memory and uh, wisdom, mm. I believe. I forget their Norse names. I can look them up real quick, but run off of that line. I mean, I that was a very like I just I don't know a lot about Norse mythology. I've just know like sort of I've heard about Odin's ravens. So like that was my entire <laughs> like thought right there. With what I said. <laughs> yes. So, uh, so Ravens, uh, or Odin's Ravens, excuse me, listeners. Uh, Hugin and Munnen. Uh, Hugin meaning thought, Munnen meaning memory or mind. You have these Ravens flying around the world to collect information for Odin, the Allfather, uh, who gave one of his eyes for wisdom after hanging for seven days on a tree, the world tree to be exact. Um, to find out all things, to know all things for Ragnarok to come. Um, so you have much of the same with this narrator here. He is looking through, as we said in the beginning, this book of quaint and curious forgotten lore. One, Norse mythology wasn't as well known back then as it is now with you know the advent of uh, Thor as the Marvel hero in the movies and all that jazz. But also uh, God of War, that which did a wonderful, wonderful rendition of Norse mythology, if I may add. Um, but you have him talking about this book of forgotten lore. And yet this mystical creature, somewhat of this supernatural happening, as he starts to tap into... In this sense, forgotten lore almost means unobtainable or almost forbidden lore in this sense. Uh, it, it almost invokes this feeling of the Garden of uh, Eden, the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. Forbidden fruit that we had to take. We had to go after. Adam and Eve had to take it. The narrator is much of the same here. At least within my mind. Uh, if y'all have any differences, please speak up. Listeners, please comment in maybe a comment section in Spotify. I don't know. I don't know. They can, they can send me some DMs on <laughs> Yeah, send some DMs. Let me, I want to read them. My last, my last midterm, we kind of went over Poe and Hawthorne, and one of the questions is, in the philosophy of composition, Poe proposed what he would do to his audience. What did he say he would do? And it says that he wanted an effect and, quote, humans thirst for self-torture in the philosophy of composition. That's a quote. 
humans thirst for self torture? Uh, I, I would kind of disagree with, or agree well, and disagree, but go ahead. Right, whether he's right or wrong, I think it's very apparent that okay. his belief okay. is in this poem. But that, that's yeah. what he does, oh, for though. sure. That's that's what he does in all of his works. There is a okay. sense of torture in every single one of them, mainly through immersement, as but, I spoke of earlier. Thing, but name name art name a more influential American writer than. Obviously, there are some, but he's up there. If you if you don't put Poe in your top five, keyword influential, I think it'd be very difficult. Well, even if you do influential writers other than Poe, there is a sense of self torture. Think Fitzgerald with uh, the Great Gatsby. There is a sense of self torture with Gatsby and Daisy. Think um, uh, Ernest Hemingway within uh, say Farewell to Arms there is a sense of self-torture within Farewell to Arms even at the very very end spoiler alert listeners uh, whenever not a spoiler the, well within the, ready within the narrator Wait, what, what, is it? what are you talking about? within the narrator at the end there is a sense of self-torture there within Farewell to Arms um <laughs> even even within Vonnegut, uh, Slaughterhouse Five, you have a sense of self torture with Billy Pilgrim consistently reliving aspects of his life in Vonnegut, Slaughterhouse Five. Okay, Slaughterhouse yeah, Five. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. All right, now he's listening. I've been uh, in my ears because I didn't want any spoil- spoilers for Fairweather Arms. Oh, you're good. You're good. No, this is, we're on to Vonnegut, the better writer, uh, in my Ooh. opinion. In my opinion, listeners, in my opinion. Me, me and Nathaniel are gonna go uh, fist fight in the street. After this. We're we're gonna go take a little <laughs> brawl. But uh, even within Slaughterhouse, Cat's Cradle, and um, Breakfast of Champions, there is a sense of self-torture here within the artist himself, within Vonnegut, the author himself, getting super meta here. However, uh, he relives through drastic experiences uh, just to display this narrative to us all. I think even fast-forwarding all the way to the present, people like feel like these days they've got to have something wrong with it. They feel like they should have some sort of torture going on, even if they don't. And if they don't, they feel like they've got to force it. You know, they feel like... Does that, does that kind of make sense? It makes sense because we all like to think, I mean, even myself, anxiety, depression. Yeah. I want to wear these as badges on my sleeve to and show, there some, hey, there's something wrong. I'm tortured. Yeah, and there just are like some you. people that yeah. that genuinely affects like at a severe level, but I don't think that's nearly the same number as the people that claim to have that affect them at a severe level. I feel like people have that sort of idea like that it, it's it's cool to have something wrong. It's cool to be masochistic, nihilistic, Fuck whatever. Like, it's, it's cool to have something wrong with you in, in the year 2023, so you try to force it. I mean, I've, I've sort of been victim victim that's probably the wrong word I've sort of like had I've sort of like done that before yeah. where like I'd like I think I have you know I was just drinking too much man it wasn't I didn't I didn't have anything wrong with me I just, no, I just no there is <laughs> there, there definitely is I'm just messing around I, I was just I was just wallowing in my own self pity and and there are legitimate cases where like people can't like have have issues that they can't escape but like 
a lot of it is, at least for me in the past, a lot of it has been just like self-induced. Like I have tortured myself. Maybe not like intentionally to say that I have something wrong with me, but I think deep down there's this desire to like belong, to fit in with everybody, and to like to be that tortured artist, especially as like a writer and stuff. It's like you feel like you gotta have something going on with you in in order to like really like fit and like to call yourself that because there's so many that like either do or like do such a good job of pretending that you think they do. I mean, it's a narrative that we've been uh, fed, I feel like, through not only literature, TV, um, music. You have to have some sort of addiction. You have to have some sort of problem with you to be the best. And yet, that's not real. It, I mean, it, it has been real for those who have had problems and have rose, risen above that to be the best. But just like you're saying we all feel like now oh we have to have a problem we're on our sleeve we have to have some sort of thing that makes us quote unquote unique and nobody just wants to be themselves they have to fall into the status quo of oh I'm unique just like everyone else well to quote one of our professors if every bunny is special nobody's special you know what I mean so if everybody is unique in the same way that's not uniqueness anymore that's no it's status quo ubiquitousness yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're just average now and and then you want to break out of being average so with, you gotta be like more fucked up so you gotta be more average I, oh I'm more average than everybody else <laughs> <laughs> It's that sense of self-torture, uh, bringing it full circle, that Poe's talking so about. So Poe's definitely on to something. Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. Uh, it's the, it, to him, it's the most intense feeling, and that's what we want. We want intensity. Yeah. I mean, that's why some of us, hit, hit, wink, wink, just get fucking high. As we want, we want the intense, or drunk, or whatever you, it might not be some sort of... Uh, Artificial or uh, synthetic be, substance. Be drunk and always. Right? Be drunk and always, whether like, it be like on alcohol soon. or poetry that, or that makes sense. Coming soon, be drunk and coming soon. I don't want to completely like spoil what we would say about that, but like you know, if if you're gonna, we have a lot less to say. It's just pretty cut and dry. But like, if you're gonna be drunk and always, that doesn't necessarily imply alcohol. That doesn't necessarily imply like an intoxication of like a drug or something. It's just immerse. Like people immerse themselves in things. Even people who don't drink, don't smoke, don't do any sort of like uh, artificial like mood. Here, here. Enhancer. Changers or yeah, enhancers. Changers is a great word. I mean, you can still, like, people immerse themselves in, like, literature and, like, books and stuff or, like, whatever. Like, going to the gym, you know, running. Like, people in, immerse themselves in things to uh, get to get away. And I don't remember why, why I started this diatribe, but... It mainly came from me with my. You know what? We, hey, look. But like people do that. So yeah, we're, we're, oh, we're about sure. to hit. We're about to hit. Be drunken right after this. All right. So just, <laughs> just stay tuned. Stay tuned. Hey, for, if, for the, I don't know how many listeners you got, but uh, all least, these at least seven. At least seven. <laughs> you seven listeners oh, out there. Love this epi. 
They're gonna love this episode. <laughs> they, they haven't gotten this far, dude. <laughs> hey, hey, yo, if you got this far listening, hit me up on Instagram at the Caleb Bedford and uh, just let me know and I'll, I'll send you a book. <laughs> if you got this far listening, uh, comment on at the Caleb Bedford to see if you would like to hear a D&D podcast from us, uh, yours truly. <laughs> I'm... I'm let me, let me, let me uh, expand on that. I'll send the first five people a book in case by some awful reason this ex- this like just explodes i don't have that much money so i'll send like five people a book hey but you all could listen to a dd podcast so if you want to hear that from all three of yours truly let us know nathaniel is gonna start a dnd podcast you heard it here first um i think that i think that's it for this episode so uh hey the raven is the raven. raven absolutely so Banger. if you made it this far god bless you um Dionysus hey, good luck, be good with luck you. on your sophomore test. And, uh, uh, coming on, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> hey, just quote me MLA format at Nathaniel Milner. Yeah. Um, There's no page number. Uh, minute, just just put the minute of the yeah. podcast in the in the URL to the podcast, and you're 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 down. So uh, until next time, you know, keep on keep on reading, guys.